Hey folks, did you see that video of Justin Trudeau last night at a $1,500 a plate fundraiser? Oh my gosh, uh, it was incredible. Uh, a few protesters actually paid that money to get in. They were protesting the mercury poisoning at the Grassy Narrows Indian Band. Of course, Trudeau didn't poison them, but he promised two years ago to give them a sort of a poison treatment center, and he has not. Um, that's all interesting politics, but of course, the most interesting thing was his sneering, thanks for, thanks for buying a ticket, thanks for donating, just incredible. Um, uh, that's what the podcast today is about. I also interview Lauren Gunter about the latest in lab scam. Hey, can you do me a quick favor? Can you go to the rebel.media slash shows? And can you sign up to be an $8 a month premium subscriber? This podcast is free, I know that. But two things happen when you become a premium subscriber for eight bucks a month. Number one, you can watch the video version of it, which is useful when I show videos, uh, like clips. And number two, it actually helps pay for this podcast. Uh, I'd be grateful if you would. So that's the rebel.media slash shows. Without further ado, here is our show. Tonight, the mask slips off for a moment and the whole world sees what Justin Trudeau is really like. It's March 28th and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Did you see Justin Trudeau last night? He was at a $1,500 ahead fundraising reception. That's for heavy hitters, people who really want to buy access, get a chance to shake hands with Trudeau, look him in the eyes. They didn't come to hear a speech. I can tell you that. that Trudeau says exactly the same trite, empty talking points in person as he says in public. We care about the middle class and those working hard to join and we believe in taking climate action. We're stronger because of our differences, blah, blah, blah. Look, the people paying 1500 bucks, they're, they're not there for that Hallmark card style wisdom. They're there for the same reason that SNC-Lavalin lobbied Trudeau's inner circle more than 50 times. They want something. And it's for sale, 1500 bucks at a time. But then something happened that you wouldn't think would happen at a $1,500 fundraiser. Some protesters were there. I guess they really paid the $1,500 to protest him. And someone caught it on tape. I, I don't know exactly who. I'm not sure if this was open to the media. I really, really would doubt it would be. So someone obviously used their cell phone. Protesters, and more than one, it seems like. This was an expensive protest when you think of it. Take a look, but, but take a listen to what Trudeau says. That we invest in the middle class and in people working hard to join it. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for your donation tonight. I really appreciate the uh, donation to the Liberal Party of Canada. And, and as we know, the Liberal Party is 
filled with different perspectives and different opinions, and we respect them all, and our commitment to reconciliation continues to be strong and committed, and we will continue to engage. Thank you, sir, for your donation to the Liberal Party of Canada. I really appreciate you being here tonight. Thank you for being here. That is why we are moving forward on reconciliation in a real and tangible way. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for highlighting how important reconciliation is. Thank you for being here tonight, sir. Thank you very much for your donation to the Liberal Party. Um, so, as I was saying... So those protesters, in case you missed it, they were in support of an Indian band known as Grassy Narrows. It's in Ontario. About a thousand band members live on the reserve. It's near the Manitoba border. Uh, and their water supply was contaminated over the years by mercury poisoning from an industrial plant nearby. Now, that's not a political claim or a talking point. It is a medical fact. Here's a peer-reviewed epidemiological study on it in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. For years, governments have been promising to help. Trudeau made a very specific promise back in 2017 to help, but he hasn't kept that promise. Oh. Other than to do some photo ops with Indians where he's on a horse just looking so awesome. But for some reason, the Indians were expecting a bit more than Trudeau to be alone on a horse in a photo op. And since, well, since Trudeau wouldn't go to Grassy Narrows, they came to him at his fundraiser. And what did he tell them? He laughed. He laughed at the fact that they paid 15 bucks, 1,500 bucks a head. And there were, what, two or three of them, I think, for just what, a minute's worth of heckling. Ha <laughs> ha, you just made me richer, is what he was really saying. The money probably came from the band or its supporters, who probably made the calculation that while they need that money for medical care, mercury poisoning is about as bad as it gets. Probably makes sense to spend 3000 or 4500 bucks to get Trudeau's attention. Trudeau didn't mind. The money was going straight to him. <laughs> and besides that sneer, ha ha, you guys think you're so clever. Thanks for paying me your money, suckers. Listen to what he says. He rolls out those banal talking points. The middle, he started the middle class and those hard, working hard to join him. Then he rolls out some boilerplate talking points about reconciliation with Aboriginal peoples. But they weren't talking about reconciliation or some apology or another horseback photo op. They're not talking even about a land claim. They're just talking about when are you going to help us with the mercury poisoning? But his banal empty lines, middle class and those working hard to join it, climate action, Aboriginal reconciliation. That's all he has to do to get an applause from the rest of the people who were there. They loved it. They supported it. They cheered it. Slam dunk in your face, poisoned Indians. Own goal, suckers. You just gave Trudeau your money. Joke's on you. Ha <laughs> ha. They applauded him. Even as he proved that the same banalities he's been serving up to, to the actual donors, working hard, middle class, he uses those on his enemies as insults. He, he insults his enemies as they're being led out of the room by saying to them the stupid cliches with a sneer, showing how disrespectful he is. The same cliches he says to everyone in that room with a smile, working hard, middle class, climate action. But they don't get it. He just showed the contempt he has for everyone. And that those are just lines. Like he was, but, but as long as they give him the money, he's, he's fine. That was awful. I've never seen anything that bad for Trudeau. He's a fake. He's a fake feminist. We knew that. 
We've always known that. He sexually assaulted Rose Knight in Creston, B.C. He admitted as much to her, but the media covered for him. He's always been an empty vessel, a clothes horse. The media said, well, that's just charming. Like his socks, they, they pretended it was, you know, when he was dressing up in India, that he was really working to rebrand Canada around the world or something after Harper's disastrous foreign policy. But Harper's foreign policy was not disastrous. It worked. Harper was respected even if people disagreed with him. But I can tell you, um, e even uh, people that didn't care much for Harper, like Communist China, they didn't dare, for example, ban Canadian canola or take Canadian citizens hostage, as China has done to us now under Trudeau. Uh, Trudeau has not made things better, but I think the difference now the difference now that Jody Wilson-Raybould has blown the whistle on Trudeau and Jane Philbot corroborated it and Gerald Butts and Michael Warnick have both been forced to resign in disgrace. The difference now is that the media is slowly waking up to the fact that they've been played too. McLean's magazine wrote a cover story called The Imposter, which really is about McLean's and how they were fooled. Trudeau's the same guy he's always been, a spoiled trust fund rich kid who to use an analogy. He would never do his own homework. He just copied off the smart kids and, and faked it with a smile and his last name and his daddy's powerful friends. He, he said as much, but the mainstream media never listened. He wasn't an imposter. They just deluded themselves. Here's Trudeau explaining how, growing up, his powerful father had his friends bend the law to get his brother out of, out of jail. Remember this? He was driving back, uh, back home from, uh, from uh, the West Coast across the country and he got in a terrible, terrible car accident uh, and his truck tumbled uh, and a Sucrets box went flying across the highway. And um, when the police were helping him clean up and tow, they opened up the Sucrets box and there's a couple of joints inside. Um, so he was charged with possession. When he got back home to Montreal, my dad said, okay, don't worry about it. You know, reached out to his friends in the legal community, got the best possible lawyer, and was very confident that we were going to be able to make those charges go away. And he did. And he admitted it. That's what life is like as a Trudeau. Um, he's an imposter? Well, I, I guess, but only if you chose to be fooled by him. He's always said who he is. You just heard him there. The laws don't apply to Trudeau's. What's happened in the past two months is that some media have decided not to go along with it anymore, that those little tricks he has don't work on everyone anymore. Here, today, today, Trudeau was accosted by another Aboriginal woman, and he tries his quiet, slow-talking, I hear you, BS, and doesn't work. She just doesn't fall for it. Here, now this is two minutes long, but take a look at this whole thing. Take a look. No, you are federal government. You are the one that puts this to our laws. You are poisoning our waters. You are allowing other countries to come into our water. No, 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 thank you, Dad. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm thanking you, you for being direct with me. Oh, I really I'm very appreciate straight that. up, Grandmother. This grandmother has okay, cancer. Okay, I have throat cancer. I am standing on the river stopping from putting this through all to gas. No regulations. We don't want gas under our act. 
No, it's our river. Yeah, well, why do you work with the grandmothers? Because we count too. We are going to be working with the grandmothers. We're going to be working with indigenous people. No, indigenous grandmothers because the chiefs are selling us out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you because they're all with you. They don't have no say about this oil and gas. We are saying take melting gas out of our province. Now, yes. please, I, this is our waterways. I will ask you to, I, I hear you, I understand. You I do, I hear you, I hear your, your passion, I hear your, 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 your emotions around this, and I hear your, and I your anger. I hear your anger. I'm not angry. Okay. I'm Sorry, worried, I'm concerned for my generation. I, I have grandchildren and children, and I'm going to have other grandchildren and other children. So, you know, I, I, I thank you what about your children? I'm worried about my children as Are well. Are you? And that's then you why, wouldn't put your children? Forward, in this province and have bribing put in your waters? No, you're sitting up there and you're protected. You're not. I'm going to listen to you and then I will respond. Right? We're not protected. You're not protecting us. You're not protecting our waterways. I know you're angry. Um, no, no, I'm not actually. See, that's sort of, I know your emotions and I'll say them back to you. That, that, that used to work, he used to obliquely disparage and denigrate people like that, sort of a psychological manipulation. Didn't work this time. Now, I don't know what that woman is arguing about. She's not from the Grassy Narrows uh, band. She's not talking about the Mercury thing. I, I think she was talking about fracking. I think she's actually wrong. But my, my point's not about the substance of her grievance. The point is that Trudeau BS just doesn't seem to be working anymore. But BS is all he has. He's all about sunny ways. That's all he's got. He kept saying it, sunny ways, sunny ways, sunny ways. So it had to be true. It was his contrast to that meanie Stephen Harper. I don't actually think Stephen Harper was that mean, by the way. I, I think he was just sort of a no BS kind of guy who didn't have an interest in small talk or frivolity. I mean, once a year when Harper was at some fun event, like a staff Christmas party, Harper would play the piano with his band but it was pretty rare. It wasn't like a weekly shtick. And it was in an appropriate time and place, a staff party. And that was about it. And then there was, you know, one time he had his picture taken with a cat. And I think I have just about gone through all of Stephen Harper's cuddly moments. So uh, with Trudeau, I mean, by contrast, the sunny ways frivolity is pretty much all there is. I mean, he's a grown man making a sandcastle by himself. With his kids, I get it. That's what dads do, but by himself? Or his novelty socks, I get it, it's funny. Once, but when it's the only thing you have to say that it's, that it's at all interesting, when you're meeting foreign leaders like Angela Merkel there, who's as serious as a heart attack, and all you got is your novelty socks. Hey, 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 um, Chancellor Merkel. Hey, Justin Trudeau from Canada. Hey, um, can I show you my socks? I mean, it's fun when you're known as the novelty socks guy in a lighthearted setting, but you gotta have more than that. And Trudeau doesn't have more than that. I, I mean, I know the CBC treats his socks like a real thing. They do stories on his socks as if it was really impressing the whole world and all Stephen Harper had to do was put on some socks and we'd win every, but it just, it's not impressing the world. Um, the CBC is easy to impress because they're his employees. I mean, when you pay a CBC reporter's salary 
Don't be surprised when they act a bit more like a girlfriend than like a reporter. I mean, remember this video? This was supposedly a hard-hitting interview by Rosemary Barton uh, of Trudeau, but we took out the audio and we replaced it with a love song, so all you can see is the body language. Is this an interview or is this a date? Why do birds suddenly appear Every time you are near Just like me They long to be close to you Why do stars Yeah, um, he's, he's married, Rosemary. Um, and my point is uh, uh, that his BS, his sunny ways, it, it, it works, or at least it worked, past tense on the media, at least, because it flattered them. I remember this picture, that's Althea Raj and Paul Wells. It flattered them. Trudeau let them all call him Justin. Stephen Harper never let them call him Steve. And they never would have. It's far too familiar. And the media saw themselves as the official opposition under Harper. Now they're all stenographers and cheerleaders. But let me show you one more thing. It's a new poll by Angus Reid. Huge poll. Huge sample size. 5,289 people surveyed. That is, that's massive. And the top line story is that the conservatives are at 37% nationally and the liberals are at just 28% nationally. But let me show you something else. Let me show you the breakdown by sex. By a very slight margin, as you can see on the right-hand side there, uh, more women would vote for Trudeau than would vote for Andrew Scheer. It's 31 to 29. But look at the number of men. That's the, the bar uh, graph in the middle. 46% of men in Canada would vote conservative. Only 25% of men would vote liberal. Three-quarters of men would not vote liberal. You'd have to find four men. Are you voting liberal? Are you voting liberal? Are you? Are you? You'd have to ask four times before you found one man who would admit to voting liberal. Now, that's sometimes phrased as the conservatives have a gender gap. Women don't like them. Yeah, no, it's Trudeau with the gender gap. Men don't like him because men don't trust him. Because, first of all, men can spot a male feminist a mile away. And I'm not talking about a guy who's polite to women, opens doors for women, helps them, is nice to them. Let me carry your groceries out to the car for you. I think most men support guys like that, I think. By male feminist, what I mean is a guy who's clearly just saying he's a feminist and saying it weirdly and incessantly as a trick. In Trudeau's case, it's a political trick, but in real life as a, as a social trick, as a predatory scam to get women to trust you, and then you deceive them. It's, it's why so many men knew there was something wrong with Jean Gomeshi even before he was revealed to be a serial predator, any guy who literally goes to college to get a degree in women's studies is up to something. And indeed he was. It was a way for him to be surrounded by women and to let them, to get them, let their guard down. And then he would say, oh baby, I'm just totally woke like you. And then he would go on a date with them and he would assault them again and again and get physically punched them and, and then gaslight them by saying, Baby, 
this is empowering to you, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. This is, this is for you, baby. I thought this is what you wanted. It's why so many men didn't trust Bill Clinton. His over-the-top rhetorical feminism was obviously just a cover for his serial sexual assaults. That male feminism is so fake, guys can immediately spot it because no guy talks that way. But it absolutely, absolutely works on lonely women of a certain age. I mean, w what do you think of this? But you need to take as much effort to talk to your sons, my eight-year-old boy and my two-year-old, so a little young still, uh, about how he treats women and how uh, he is going to be growing up to be a feminist just like dad. Yeah, every single red-blooded male who saw that sees a phony, not a gallant man who opens doors for women. That little speech was aimed at the media party, which is disproportionately made up of lonely women of a certain age, and it absolutely works with them, but it does not work with men. And by the way, after Justin Trudeau's treatment of Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott, oh, and Selena Cesar Chavan now too, I think even some of the saner feminist women are realizing Trudeau is and always was a little bit of a Jangameshi, a little bit of the frat boy who groped Rose Knight back in Creston, B.C., sexually assaulted her, according to the New York Times. His old shtick, it's just not working anymore. It's not working on Aboriginal people anymore who've seen that he speaks with a forked tongue. It's not working for some women who feel deceived now, especially those who know him best, those in his own cabinet, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Jane Philpott, they're not bamboozled anymore. It's certainly not working for men. Only 25% of men in Canada would vote for him. By the way, in Canada, I don't know if you know this, but unemployment, the unemployment rate for men is higher than it is for women. Is that contrary to what feminists would have you believe? I think it's partly because women often have public sector jobs. Uh, so they're in teachers unions or nurses unions or some other public sector union. So they aren't victimized by Trudeau's weird war on private sector jobs like oil and gas and pipelines and mining and auto plants, jobs that are predominantly male jobs, of course. If you cause 100,000 men to lose jobs in oil and gas because you talk about some spacey idea like climate change, don't be surprised when working men think your belief in the middle class is as fake as your belief in feminism. And I'm not sure if sending out a screeching feminist social justice warrior to shout about global warming, literally shouting, not sure if that's gonna win working males back either. So let's talk about climate change for a second. Who believes it's real? <laughs> Who believes in science? year that said we have 12 years to take serious climate action. We are all in this together. We need to act. And just remember last year. Who remembers last summer? Who remembers the extreme heat that we felt last summer? Who remembers that people literally died of extreme heat? I've called people, I've called mothers in, in British Columbia where there were forest fires. Remember those forest fires? And guess what? They were scared for their kids to go outside because the air quality was so bad. You know what? I, I'm repulsed by that. 
But I just say, put that woman on a nonstop campaign, Justin Trudeau. Let's see if we can drive those male numbers down to 10% support. Oh, my God. Now, none of this surprises me. Justin Trudeau grew up in a home where his dad, Pierre Trudeau, would beat his mom. Look at this headline. Pierre gave her a black eye. Pierre Trudeau would beat Justin Trudeau's mother, Margaret Trudeau, so badly She'd have a black eye, and she'd say to reporters, oh, I don't mind because it proves that Pierre loves me. That's actually what she told that newspaper back then. That's normal for the Trudeaus. And then normal for the next 30 years was women giving Justin Trudeau exactly what he wanted from them because he was rich and good-looking and a famous last name, and he could destroy you if he didn't give it to him, and he would take it even if you didn't give it to him. Ask Rose Knight about that. That same sociopath, that Canadian psycho, if you please, he managed to succeed his whole life as a bit of a con man, but the con artist needs the con to continue. Con actually stands for confidence. Once that's broken, once people see through you, it all falls apart. I think that's what's happening now. The real Justin Trudeau is showing himself thin-skinned, angry, entitled, sneering at everyone, supporters and opponents. That's what that video last night was. It was fake, it was slippery, it was a liar. What's new, I guess, is that for the first time, the rest of the media, or at least many of them, are finally noticing. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, I think one of the reasons why these little disturbances like the hecklers at his fancy fundraiser yesterday, one of the reasons that they're piercing through is that over the last two months or so, Justin Trudeau's Teflon has been wiped off by Jody Wilson-Raybould, Jane Philpott, and the rest of the lab scam. It's shown that Justin Trudeau is not this sunny ways saint. And I think for the first time, journalists are looking critically at other issues too. Let's look to, uh, now to the lab scam. And joining us now with the latest is our friend, Lauren Gunter from the Edmonton Sun. Lauren, good to have you here. I think my point is, this is such a big blow to Trudeau, this Jody Wilson-Raybould, yep. Jane Philpott thing, mm -hmm. that it has allowed journalists, it's given them the courage or the, the disillusionment in Trudeau that they're able to finally do yep. some real journalism on the guy on any number of things. That's my thesis, at least. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think they're seeing that he's actually a, a cardboard cutout of, uh, of a leader, uh, and they had been ignoring that. I, I think you're right. It's not giving them the courage. I think it's disillusioned them. Uh, way too many Canadian journalists had bought into the sunny ways, the male feminist, the uh, leader of reconciliation with Indigenous people, all of the the uh, the myths that he'd spouted about himself, which I think he also believes about himself. I, 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 if I thought the man was dishonest, that he was he'd been portraying something he really wasn't for the last five or six years since he became liberal leader, uh, it might in some in a strange kind of way also have more grudging respect for him that he that he was a flimflam man. Mm -hmm. 
but I think he he actually believes everything he says about himself. He's just exceptionally shallow. Yeah. And now that shallowness is, is showing through. And I have to think too, that for instance, that, that reaction to the, uh, the grassy narrows indigenous uh, protester at, at the fundraiser is the fact that he's under intense pressure now that he never expected. He always thought everyone would love him, that yeah. things would go sunny, uh, that that he'd be the shiny pony, uh, as you used to call him. And uh, and and he's upset now that that's falling apart. And he's, he doesn't know why. He can't understand why people still don't love him the way they did before. Why don't people want a, shelfless, a shirtless selfie with yeah. me now the way they did when I was first prime minister? I, I'm prepared to take my shirt off for anyone so um you know so i i do think that he's disillusioned and he's under incredible strains and pressures uh i'm hearing from people in ottawa but i i just think this is idle speculation at this point that there's pressure on him to leave uh my hope my very great hope is that he keeps getting damaged but that he stays as liberal leader until October for the uh, election. I think that would be the very best thing for the country is if they went into the election with Trudeau still as the leader. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I, I keep coming back to that cover story in McLean's, uh, oh. written by Paul Wells, The oh, Imposter. And it actually uses an identical image from a previous McLean's cover where that happy, glad-handing photo was used in a loving portrayal, so they used the same image, and now they're saying the imposter. I think that story was actually an autobiographical uh, sort of dear diary story by Paul Wells, by McLean's. When you say the imposter, you're saying, I was hoodwinked, I fell for it. So it's not even the story so much about Trudeau. I think he's pretty much always been who he is. I think this is the story about no. McLean's and a dozen other journalists saying, yeah, I, I was hoodwinked. When, when you finally write about someone, he's an imposter, what you're really saying is, I was wrong about him. Yeah, but, but the thing is, and I think the reason this is going to get particularly vicious for Trudeau, not by Trudeau, but about Trudeau, is that, yes, I think you're absolutely right. These people were hoodwinked, but they're not going to admit that they were hoodwinked. Mm. They're going to insist that this proves he's a hoodwinker. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we're all smart. We're, we're all capable people. Uh, he pulled the wool over our eyes, but it's his fault, not ours, hmm. for for, uh, for that, that blindness. Uh, uh, they won't admit that they were, they bought into the dream. Uh, and they'll say that he was peddling a false dream all along, which is even worse for him. You know, there's one more thing uh, that's exacerbating this. And I think it is new in the last few months. Um, and it's a viciousness by which the prime minister's office is fighting back. And, and I want to bring it back to Lav Scam. Remember, that's the mm -hmm. nickname for the SNC Lavalan corruption matter that Jody Wilson-Raybould said, I absolutely will not let them off the hook. And Trudeau and his staff in 10 meetings and 10 phone calls tried to get jo Jody Wilson-Raybould to let them off the hook and she wouldn't. So um, fighting with her, fighting with Jane Philpott, but that fighting is plumbed to a new depth. And I'd like to ask you about this because you wrote this uh, in your column. Let me just read the, the headline to your uh, column a couple days ago. The latest lab scam excuse is illogical and unbelievable. What the PMO is doing, and maybe you can give us the facts, 
is they're sort of rooting around in anything she did as justice yep. minister for yep. two years and trying mm -hmm. to say she was a terrible justice minister, just terrible. I mean, look at this. Give us some facts uh, uh, that you mentioned in your column. Well, back in 2017, when when Beverly McLaughlin stepped down as a chief justice of the Supreme Court, there was a vacancy, not only for the chief justice, but on of the nine-member court. And so, uh, according to the whisperers now, the anonymous sources who who uh, are, are trying to recreate or, or, or resurrect Trudeau's image, uh, Wilson Raybould uh, advanced the candidacy of Glenn uh, Joel, who is. The the chief judge of the uh, the Queen's Bench Court in Manitoba. And he's a 20-year prosecutor. He studied at Oxford. He's bilingual. Uh, and my digging around with, with the Winnipeg legal community the, the day this story arose, uh, they said his judgments were so thorough and so well thought out that they were almost unappealable. If, if, if he gave you a trial judgment, there was very likelihood you were ever going to get the Manitoba Court of Appeal to hear any kind of revision to that. So a very, very smart guy. and But he gave a speech one time at a constitutional foundation where he said, you know, I, I'm a big believer in in individual rights rather than collective rights. And I am a little worried. The original uh, intent of the charter was not to give judges preeminence over the legislatures and parliament. In fact, on two uh, particular cases, uh, same-sex rights and, uh, and abortion rights, uh, when this came to hearings before the parliament, the, the legislators were assured, that parliamentarians were assured, no, 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 judges would never override the will of parliament on those two matters. Well, of course, the judges quickly invented reading into the charter and they overrode parliament quickly. And so he said, I don't think that's right. I, I, my thought is that there should be a better dialogue between the courts and, and parliament. And so he's a very thoughtful guy. Mm -hmm. But because he wasn't immediately in favor of judicial activism and didn't think the charter trumped anything political, that was considered conservative by Trudeau, apparently. Uh, now, one of the parts I don't believe about this story is somebody said, well, Trudeau read a speech that Joel had given. Trudeau didn't read any speech that a judge had given. I mean, maybe he was given a copy of the speech with highlights to say, look, this is what this guy has said. But not even the smartest prime ministers kicking around looking at journals of dusty uh, constitutional forums and, 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 and remembering the details of judges before they've been nominated and what they said. So that was unbelievable. Also, if he was so upset about this and so upset about Wilson Rabel, uh, uh, pushing this quote-unquote conservative judge on him, uh, he had a major cabinet shuffle after that incident and well before the SNC-Lavalin story began yeah. where he could have shuffled her, but he didn't. So that means their story doesn't make sense there. The other thing, though, that, that isn't hard for anyone to remember is that February 7th is when the SNC-Lavalin story began. For the next six weeks after that, when you had the prime minister himself or Gerald Butts or Michael Wernick, the, the retired uh, clerk of the Privy Council, talking about this. None of them ever said 
that the tiff between Trudeau and Jody Wilson-Raybould had anything to do with anything but SNC-Lavalin. It was all about SNC-Lavalin. They all said, yes, yes, okay. So we were talking to her about that, but we didn't realize that she thought she was under pressure, or we weren't trying to. The pressure we were putting on her wasn't inappropriate pressure. There was no intent to politically interfere. No, all of this centered around SNC-Lavalin. Now, as of last weekend, uh, the people who are trying to resurrect Trudeau's image are saying, well, no, it never had anything to do with SNC-Lavalin. It had to do with this judge, yeah. which is so cockamamie. It's hard to believe that grown-ups are even trying to convince you of that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure if tearing down Jody Wilson-Raybould in any way builds up no, no. Justin Trudeau. It just makes him look spiteful, no. and it puts a lie to his fake, uh, you know, friendliness in public. Yep. You know, there's so many other things. I mean, just today, the new attack on Jody Wilson-Raybould is that Someone who apparently was falsely imprisoned, served 17 years in prison, four years on parole, that Jody Wilson-Raybould had her, had his file on her desk for two months while she was considering what to do. Um, first of all, that doesn't really sound scandalous to me. Second of all, if, you're, if that's what you're doing, if you're rooting around through every single thing that she ever did uh, yeah. in two yeah, years yeah. as a loyal justice yeah. minister, where you never had a public criticism, as you point out, and you're just throwing, and first of all, if that's all you got on her, she's pretty clean as a whistle. And second of all, you're rooting yeah. around in these private cases and you're trying to embarrass someone. It just looks so mean-spirited. It's like they're saying, let's detonate any of this Sunny Ways uh, residual. But like, it's like he's, it's like he's yeah. seeking to destroy his own reputation as a nice guy. That's all Trudeau has left, his nice guyness. And if he wants to replace it with a brutal street fighter, I don't think it's going to do him well. No, and, and he doesn't look like a brutal street fighter either. He looks like a whiner. Yeah. Uh, at the very best, he looks like a guy who has a coat full of watches in the alley and says, hey, if you don't like this one, how about this one? Or how yeah. about this one? Right. No, it, it, they just look desperate yeah. to try and get people off of Lavalin, and yet they they can't. I, you may remember way way back when when Stockwell Day was the leader of the Canadian Alliance, and the uh, the uh, uh, Shawinigan Gate was on the, the ad scam and the Aubert Grand Mares and all those scandals in Quebec. There was a judge named Joel Silkov who one weekend gave the RCMP a search and destroy uh, warrant to go to the home of the Business Development Canada president and look for any documents related to the Aubert Grand Marge or the golf course next door, which was owned by Jean Chrétien. And Stockwell Day said, oh my goodness, you know, this is, this is scandalous because this judge, uh, less than a year earlier, had been a law partner in the firm that handled Chrétien's golf course matters. Hmm. Isn't that a conflict of interest? How can he not recuse himself from hearing this request for an order and granting one? And the legal community in Canada went crazy. Hmm. How can a politician impugn the judicial independence or the, the, the reputation of this great man on the bench? I thought it was actually a legitimate question when he asked. Now you have the prime minister's office mm -hmm. sullying the reputation of Glenn Joel, who's the, the Queen's bench chief judge in Quebec, uh, for the express purposes 
of trying to discredit Jody Wilson-Raybould and get their man out of hot water. And thankfully, the Bar Association in the last 48 hours or so has come out and said, this is despicable. Yeah. They should not be doing this. Yeah. But they've been very quiet about this attempt by the liberals to interfere in the judicial process up until now. Yeah. And so I'm glad to see that it's happening. But this is a far greater sin, what they're doing with, with Glenjoel in Manitoba, than what uh, Stockwell they ever did yeah. by mentioning Joel Silkov hmm. uh, back, what is it, 18 years ago now. Yeah. You know, um, I want to add one more wrinkle. Um, Joyal, uh, <clears throat> in the end, withdrew from consideration, and he, he put this in a public letter, and you could imagine how reluctant he would have been. He said, I withdrew because my wife had breast cancer and it was getting bad. I mean, imagine having to say that in public. And why did he feel the need to say that in public? Because Trudeau was trying to weaponize, oh, well, we didn't choose him because he was too right wing. And the judge had to say, no, you didn't choose me because I quit. And I didn't quit because I wasn't a fit. I quit because my wife had cancer. I mean, imagine yeah. being exactly. humiliated. That's, and I think that's finally what pricked the Bar Association into action. They said, oh, my God. Because frankly, Lauren, you raise a good point. The Bar Association, they have been quiet as church mice this whole time until now because they suck up to power. Every single yep. poobah in the law societies, in the bar associations, they don't care about the last justice minister. It's oh, the they, current no, justice minister. They, they, they suck the up to liberal power. Yeah. They suck up to liberal right. power. When, whenever a conservative prime minister comes in, it doesn't happen much in our lifetime, but, but when, when Harper came in and he started appointing judges who were more of a conservative bent, mm -hmm. The Bar Association went crazy. Oh, he's destroying the impartiality of our... Well, 75% of judges appointed under the Liberals, under Kretchen, mm -hmm. had made donations to the Liberal Party or had connections to volunteering with the Liberal mm -hmm. Party. Yeah. The Bar Association never said anything about that. Yeah. But the instant that Harper starts to do something similar, on not on the same grand scale, but something similar with judges under under his term, well, the Bar Association squawks. So it's taken a lot yeah. for the Bar Association to get upset about this. You know it's a real issue yeah. if the Canadian Bar Association is prepared to take on a liberal prime minister. Yeah, that's a very good point. I remember once I counted up how many press releases the Canadian Bar Association had about Omar Khadr, and I don't remember the exact number, but it was an enormous number. However, Lauren, not one of them was issued when the liberals were in office. Of course, half mm -hmm. of Cotter's uh, odyssey happened under Jean Chrétien sure. and uh, Paul Martin. The Bar Association didn't think anything was wrong when a liberal was PM, but the minute Harper became prime minister, then they started their monthly campaign for Cotter. It's just a little point about the Bar Association. Well, listen, it's great to see you again. This is very interesting stuff. And maybe we can catch up with you in a week or two, because I am absolutely sure Trudeau, especially without Gerald Butts there in his ear every day, I think Trudeau is like a ship without a rudder in choppy seas. And it's very interesting. It, we haven't seen anything like this in three and a half years. No, no, and, it's, and I, I maybe shouldn't delight in it as much as I am, but I am somewhat gleeful about it all. Yeah. All right, my friend. And well, we have to catch up another day about the Alberta election, too, yeah. which, frankly, I don't Very even good. think it's that exciting. I, I think it's a done deal, but we can talk about that another time. Absolutely. All right. There you have it. Lauren Gunter, senior columnist with the Edmonton Sun. And I recommend his column. If you haven't read it yet, you can find it at the EdmontonSun.com. It's called The Latest Lav Scam Excuse. 
is illogical and unbelievable. Stay with us, more ahead on The Rebel. Welcome back on my monologue yesterday about three stories from the CBC state broadcaster that proves it's an enemy of the Canadian people. Liza writes, think of what comes flying out of our pockets to pay for all that indoctrination. They are nothing but a mouthpiece for Trudeau's extremist far-left agenda. Yeah, you know what I did a show a few months back, I should probably do an update on it, on a new channel that uh, Trudeau has ordered at the CBC. It's not a new channel, it's a new sort of department. It's a new website, it's called CBC News Kids. Now, there are kids shows on the CBC, uh, sort of like a, a Sesame Street or whatever, you know, teach, teach kidsy things. But kids' news, do kids follow the news? Do kids of tender years follow the news? Not really. But this isn't really news. It's propaganda. It's ideology. And, and I follow this because I think it's really creepy. It's grown-ups rewriting ideological commentaries in sort of grade two level language and having child actors read it. And the two top, well, three, I'd say, top issues on the CBC Kids News is obviously global warming, terrify the kids. Marijuana legalization, they're obsessed with it, even though, of course, minor children are not allowed to have it. But, and the third and the biggest focus is early sexualization of kids. They are so pro trans sex ed. And this, I, I say again, is targeting children. It's so weird. None of those things are genuine news. And if they, for kids. But, so yeah, I mean, you wanna talk about the weirdest stuff on the CBC, look at what they're piping into kids using child actors. I gotta say, I gotta say, uh, I don't think Gian Gameshi was the only person at the CBC who was breaking the law. Well, he, he was acquitted of his crimes. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a Jimmy Savile type character at the CBC. We'll get into that another day. Ron writes, nothing will change at the CBC as Scheer, who is set to win the next election, has no plans to defund it, dismantle it, or sell off its assets. CBC will continue to spread fake news and its social engineering agenda will continue to the detriment of all Canadians who will continue to pay for it through taxes. You are exactly right. Um, if Stephen Harper himself would not defund the CBC, or forget about defunding it, just sell it off, privatize it. Uh, Scheer certainly won't. Scheer does not have the backbone of Harper. Um, and I point out that Jason Kenney has been very soft on the CBC. And look at how they returned the favor in yesterday's show. I showed you that they have put seven CBC reporters on the file of hunting his irregularities in his leadership campaign. So, yeah, I mean, Andrew Scheer is despised by the CBC, but he's still playing the game of trying to win them over. Robert writes... I partially blame Harper for the size and power of the CBC. He was a timid prime minister and did nothing to restrain the CBC when he had the chance. Uh, Stephen Harper did a lot of great things, but his two greatest failures, in my opinion, were number one, the CBC, and number two, he did not appoint conservatives to the courts. Uh, in fact, most of the appointments on the Supreme Court, either appointments to the Supreme Court or promotions within the Supreme Court, were done by Harper. Uh, maybe he put one conservative on the bench, that's an opportunity that will never come around again. And then it goes without saying, the Senate appointments that he left unfilled and Trudeau just stacked it. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night. 
and keep fighting for freedom.